Welcome to Tuesdays with Andrea. It's the inspiration station for everyday people guiding humanity forward. I'm your host, Andrea Rios McMillan, and every week I pursue conversations that matter with people who can relate to the common struggles we all face. You'll get to know the person behind the profession and find commonality with people of all ages, cultures, and backgrounds. Listen as friends, neighbors, and coworkers offer meaningful, personal explorations of modern life and the values we hold dear, all for the purpose of strengthening and uplifting others. Thank you for tuning in to Tuesdays with Andrew podcast. Today we have Ron Anderson. Ron Anderson is a dear friend. We went to North Central College together. So shout out Cardinal alumni. And uh, you are now a fitness personal bodybuilding trainer, entrepreneur. You opened up a new restaurant. I mean, you have uh, been busy. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> and you have a lot going on. I do. But I admire everything that you're doing. And I'm so happy that you're here today. Hey, thanks for having me. I mean, this is amazing. I'm Super excited to be here. Thank you. So what's going on? So tell us about where you are right now. Give us just a, a quick drill down on what you have going That's on. That's a very good question. So like you said, yeah, the bodybuilding, the fitness centers, the restaurant, there's a lot going on right now. We're actually in the process of opening two more restaurants for Rejoice Lounge. So they're going to be more like a high-end vegan gluten-free restaurant. And we're actually opening a meal delivery service called Plant Prep. So it's going to be the first fully vegan, fully gluten-free meal delivery service. And we're starting it here in the Midwest. That is awesome. What made you go into this? You know what? I never, this is going to sound really weird. I don't like business. And I, I know it sounds weird because I have a lot of businesses, but <laughs> I think the the thing for me is I don't like the way businesses are run to where it's like there's someone at the top and then it's like, you know, the people down at the bottom, like they never get any kind of involvement into what actually happens with the business. So instead of being like, well, I don't like business. I was like, all right, I don't like the way it is. So let's change it. Nice. So that's kind of how I got into what I am now. And I, I live to help people. That's my thing. And my niche is just health and fitness. The foods thing, I'm just a foodie. People don't, you may look at me and not realize that, but I'm a big foodie. And I get so many people that come to me like, hey, what should I eat? Where should I go? And I'm like, there's nowhere to go. If you want to eat healthy, there's nowhere you can go. So then I was like, let's make somewhere. There you go. <laughs> wow. Okay. And so gluten-free, vegan-free, are you, uh, so you're probably both of those then, are you? So I'm not actually, and I know I get that question every day and people always get really surprised. The reason behind it isn't just me. I've had clients for probably 18, 20 years. It's like, hey, like I'm vegan, I'm gluten-free, I'm celiac. What do I do? Like, I want to be able to go out and enjoy myself with friends and family. There's nowhere to go. Yeah. And then just now people are now getting more into it. So it's, it's one of those things. I support all lifestyles, all diets, all, you know, whatever you have to do for you. But I wanted to make it easier so people can actually just feel like normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you want to just go to a, a place with your friends, yeah. eat a meal, and then not have to feel guilty or like you're doing harm to your body in the process. Yeah, exactly. Because some people will. They will cause harm to their body to fit in. Oh, I'll do that. And <laughs> we're eating fries today. Like, it is so bad. Yeah. But so the nice thing about Rejoice and plant prep, you don't have to do that. You can eat anything on the menu. Don't have to worry about it. So, yeah. So when did you start this? Is this and do you have a location open already? Yeah, we have our first location in downtown Geneva, Illinois. And we actually were going to open it the week of shutdown last year. So the week everything got shut down, we were literally about to open so long time coming. We just actually 
fully opened it uh, in November of 2020. And then now it's like we're skyrocketing with it now. So. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. It's and, good. And people are loving it. Yeah, people are really happy. They're very receptive. They're really excited for our new like higher end places. Believe it or not, as healthy as we are, people really want alcohol. And we currently don't serve that. <laughs> Is but, Rejoice going to serve it? Yeah. We'll have all vegan, no gluten-free way. alcohol. Too. Yep. So our entire menu, no matter if you're celiac, gluten-free, vegan, you can have everything on the menu. I want to go. <laughs> it's a good time. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a good time. So, and you... Call Rejoice like higher end. Yeah. Is it, and this is because it's a sit down, eat in. Is the other place sit down, eat in too? So our, our current location right now isn't. The reason we have our current location is honestly just due to COVID. We just wanted to get, we had so many people, like we have over 10,000 followers on our Facebook page, which is crazy in three months. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. But we had so many people that were like, we need something like this. So we opened our current Geneva location just to get something out there right now. Let's just get it out there. Show people, hey, this food is here. This is kind of what you can expect. But our new two restaurants are going to be way more high end. There'll be things that you can't get anywhere else. Who helped you plan this? Is this all just from your own strategy and plan? How did you re- go into the process of launching and opening, yeah. getting the licenses, oh, permits? It's a lot. I, it's a lot. And I always tell everyone I've never done everything just myself. No one that is successful is successful alone. So I have amazing group of people around me, like Anna, who's my right hand. And then so many people, even just like you, like having me on here today, like getting the word out about it, it, that's what inspires me to keep going. And, you know, a lot of people say, how do you keep doing all this? I have no idea. I honestly. That doesn't help us, Ron. (laughs) Tell me. So, okay. So you started in, and did you start with fitness and nutrition? Yeah. I started in fitness and nutrition. I know we went to North Central together. Uh And then from there, I actually went to go get one of my masters at UIC and then my MBA at Benedicting. So it's just knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. And I think now is just the times where I can really apply all of that. Okay. So that's, that's kind of what's going on. So like you were asking like the permits and all this other stuff, it's just, you learn, you just learn by doing. I mean, if any advice I can give people, like, don't be afraid. If you have to ask questions, ask questions. Because too many people are looking for the answer and they're not asking the right question. Oh, that's good. It's it's what I tell people and people hate when I say that, but I go, you know, what is success? You know, you want to be successful, but what does that even mean to you? And a lot of people are like, oh, I I don't know. Like, I want to make money and be able to support a family. Well, that's great. But what kind of money? Like some people can do that on Mm $30,000. That could be successful to you. And then someone needs $3 million. And that's successful to them. Mm-hmm. So, How do you define success? You know, for me, so I have this model that I've had since I was a little kid. It's be better today than I was yesterday and help as many people as I can. You know, so I want to take as many people as I can with me as I'm successful because I don't believe there could be one successful person. I believe I am successful through the success I bring to other people. Mm. That's that's success to me. And how did you have that at such a young age when you were little? It's a good question. Who planted that in I you? Don't, I honestly couldn't tell you. It was one of those things I didn't, and a lot of people think like, oh, you grew up in the suburb. I grew up in the city. I grew up in Chicago. I lived in homes that didn't have toilets. Like people don't know my upbringing because they see where I am now. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, oh, you're so successful. Like, how, how did you get here? I started with nothing. Did you feel like that made you have a positive attitude? Because we, my sister and I, we also grew up, I would say like, we didn't have all the resources, yeah. but I felt like it, it, planted such gratitude. You're like, like, man, I have water today. This is nice. (laughs) And I I agree with what you're saying. And I tell people that like, when you have no choice but to do, you're going to do it no matter what it is. It's like, hey, like I need water. I need to find food. Like I want to figure out like, 
there are other people, even when you're in need, there's other people that are more needy than you. Mm -hmm. And I think at a young age, even, you know, we lived in Chicago, we lived in terrible areas growing up. But for me, I wasn't one of those people that was like, oh, this is just my environment. So I'm just going to accept this. I was like, no, we can do better. We need to do better and we can help other people do better. Mm. Even at a young age, I was like, no, it's it's got to be better than this. Yeah, like, like I wasn't meant to be this yeah. life. Yeah, correct. Like, correct. what the heck? Yeah, and it's <laughs> like, and I tell people, if I can do it, you can do it. Because like we literally had nothing growing up. And like, I loved it though. Yeah. I didn't know any different. So I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is fun. And then, you know, not, it wasn't until high school until we moved out to the suburbs. And then I was like, wait, people live like this? Like, you don't have to worry about going outside and like- You have two have, parents at home? Exactly. Like, what? like, people don't get it. Like, we did not have that. Yeah. So- <laughs> Do you have siblings? Yeah, I do. I have an older brother and a younger sister. What do they say? I just going to sound crazy. And this goes to my upbringing too. I honestly, since I was 18, when I went to North Central, I graduated high school early. Two weeks later, went to college. We started that premier program, that like yeah. early program North Central had for a lot of minorities to help them get started. Yeah. I haven't talked to them a ton since then. The premier program was good because they brought our, a bunch of minorities together. And it kind of like, you know, in Naperville too, like there's not that many minorities. So it kind of gave you like a connection, not only to like your classmates, but to the community. Uh-huh. So it's like, oh, okay, w- there are other people here like me. So I feel accepted. But you went in 2008 premiere. Yeah. Okay. I was in 2006 premiere. So actually, so I graduated, I graduated high school in 2005. Well, oh. Yeah. So I graduated 2005 in high school and then went to college right away. And that, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of went straight on yep. cont- and did what you had to do. Yep. It, it's so funny. I tell people this because, you know, I always tried to graduate everything early and people are like, even professors are like, Ron, slow down. Like, why are you trying? There's not a race here. Like you can take your time and like absorb this and like live the college life. And I go, no, I don't want to do that. No. And they're like, why? And I go, I have a plan. Yeah. And then I remember my advisor I talked to in the premier program I was like, how can I get out of here faster? But I'll never forget what he said to me. He was like, you can't get out of here faster. It's a four-year program. And I was like, well, how do I get out of here in three years? He's like, you can't. Like, you're trying to double major. People don't get out in three years. And I go, I'm going to get out of here in three years. And I remember the day I graduated, I went to his office. And I was like, remember what I, yeah, remember when you said I couldn't do this? He was like, I don't know how you did it. Man, that's gr- that's great though. Because in college, a lot of people, especially at that age, young age, aren't as focused or driven or, or for sure, it can get easily distracted yeah. by all that is college, right? And I think you were very laser focused. I too, I had a child yeah. after freshman year. So that mm-hmm. made me like, okay, I'm on a different path here. Correct. And I've just kind of taken that mantra. I'm on a different path here Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> throughout my life. So, and then you graduated college and did you know you wanted to go into health and fitness at that point? I did actually. I've known since I was a kid, you know, and it's, it's hard because I talk to people and some people are like, well, how did you just know? And I was like, I don't know how I just knew, but I just felt this is the way to do what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? Like I said, I I feel like my life is I'm here to help people. And I feel like health, fitness, nutrition, like that's my niche to where I can help the most amount of people in the shortest amount of time. Mm -hmm. That's just like, I'm not good at everything. And I, I literally tell everyone that they're like, cause a lot of people see me and they're like, oh my, you're successful in this, you're successful in this. I go, you only see the success. You don't see all the failures. Mm -hmm. I'm good at three things. And that's it. Nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you're good at other things. I mean, maybe, but like actually really good at three things. And then, yeah, it kind of goes from there. (laughs) And then 
in terms of health and fit, like nutrition, what is the, yep. your, the one question you are always asked that you're like, man, this is my, this is what I tell people. Yeah. So biggest thing that I get asked from everyone, it's an everyday thing. How can I get to where I went too faster? Yeah. How can I lose weight? Do you yeah. get that one all the time? Every day, every day, all day, every day. I probably have a few texts right now. Ron, from that how one. can I lose weight <laughs> without diet? Mm-hmm. And my answer to everyone is there's no shortcut. That is my number one answer. And people hate me for it. But that's the reality of it is because if there was that magic shortcut, everyone would be doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's what when you see people, especially on you know social media, Instagram, I know we were talking about that. You're seeing a snapshot of a moment in someone's life. And so it's like, oh my God, I want to look like that. But then it goes to like what I was saying before. People aren't asking the right questions. Mm -hmm. What did it take to get there? And are you willing to do it? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about some of those sacrifices that you had to make to get where you want to be. What sticks out to you? You know, the biggest sacrifice I'd have to say is, and I know it sounds weird, putting yourself first to get the success you want. And I know it sounds weird because a lot of people are like, yeah, but you have to sacrifice and you're giving and you're doing this and you're doing that. But it's like, and I just did a big post about this online. I go, yeah, but if you want that success and that's what that means to you, you're going to do whatever it takes. And by putting yourself first, it may be like me working, you know, a hundred hour weeks and me sacrificing this and me not going out to drink and me not being social. But it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I have that goal. And no matter if it's the people that are supporting you now or they're supporting you later, or the people that don't support you, they're going to come and go. Yeah. You have to stay focused because the people that want to stay with you will stay with you with that journey. Mm-hmm. The people that don't will fall off, mm-hmm. but your journey is still the same. Mm-hmm. What about how much time that you spend uh, like building your, your business and how much time you dedicate towards yeah. keeping yourself healthy and, I know. and fit, right? Cause you still got to work out yourself. I do every day. I do. Every how many day. hours that I work out or yeah. <laughs> I work out at least an hour every day. Okay. So what's your routine? Okay. So I'll, I'll tell you kind of, kind of how my day goes. So okay. I wake up, it could be anywhere between five and six. I don't sleep a lot. So I may go to bed at midnight between midnight and two, I'll go to bed. Okay. So I don't sleep a lot. Three to three to four hours is my average. First thing I do in the morning, which I know I shouldn't, I look at my phone. What's my schedule for the day? How many emails do I have? Are there any fires I have to put out? And yes, it's 5 a.m. But that's what I think about. And then I just get up, go. Okay. Do you get up as soon as you, like when you look at your phone, you get up? Yep. Get up and go. Out of bed. Yeah. I do have this one tool I use. I set three alarms and they're all one minute apart because by the time I look at that one, I go, all right, all right, what am I going to do for today? All right. What am I going to do for today? So by the third one, I have a different alarm for the third one. I'm like, all right, it's been three minutes. I got to go. Like, I got things I got to go do. But yeah, I hit the ground running even this morning. Like, it's what time is it? 10, 10 o'clock it's right like now? Nine, yeah, like, 10 o'clock. Yeah, I've already put in four hours of work already today. I was in Lombard working on stuff for the restaurant. I went to the restaurant. I was at the gym. I was checking emails. I was talking to my attorneys. And now we're here. Dang. And it's just like, boom, 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 boom. So <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Yeah, but that's what a day is for me. And it's like... I'll literally work until probably six, seven o'clock tonight and then I'll work out. And tonight? Mean, again? Yeah. Again? Yeah, I'll work out tonight. Yeah. Do you do two days, two times a day? No, no. If if I can, which is very rarely, sure. But it doesn't really happen. As, okay. long as, I, as long as I get an hour and one today, I'm good. And do you work out at home? I, I used to years ago. It's not as effective. It's just, I know some people do it and they love it and that's great for them. It doesn't work for me. I yeah. need to be like in that mindset. I have to be in that surroundings. Cause if I'm at home, there's 900 other things I'm going to be thinking about doing. Like, what does the dog need? What should I be working on? Oh, I have those emails I have to check. 
Yeah. Make that time for you. Make the time for you because no one else is going to. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is true. No one else is going to do it. No. And who's going to be the one to do it? We uh, we have to be the one. Correct. And so you're going to work out tonight. Damn, right? I am. Every Damn. day. Every day. You got to make, make the me time. work out today. <laughs> but see, what people don't know is like they work 12 hours. I'll work out. And then after that, I have to work again. I'm then working the rest of the night. And that's what success is for me, though. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And it works. So do you work at the restaurants? How do you manage between the different locations and businesses? You know what? I'm all about systems, all about systems, all about operations, all about, you know, finding not just my strengths. I know my strengths, but I like surrounding myself with different people with all different strengths and then utilizing their strengths. So like I said, I was already at the restaurant this morning. I was at Restaurant Depot looking at stuff and like seeing what are prices for this and how can we minimize costs so we can help the consumer spend less money on what they want to eat. It's really, that's already been planned. So everything for the whole day, I've already written on the board for our whole team there. Mm -hmm. So like what orders they need to worry about, what's going on this week, what's going on this weekend, what the staff is for the day, like what we're going to talk about in our next meeting, already done. Done. Done for the day. So then the staff come in, they look at the board, this is what's going on, they move on. Yeah. And that, that's our system and it just works. Mm. Did you get help with creating this system? And no, it's just. It's just my, it's how my brain works. And some people are, they're just wired that way. My brain works on efficiency. So it's like, even like us getting together today, I know it took a little bit of time, but I'm like, I'm here. Everything else can wait while I'm here. Mm-hmm. So this time is completely devoted to you and to all of your viewers to like, hey, like, this is what it takes though. This yeah. is what it takes to be successful. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, always. <laughs> and, and what do you want to see with Rejoice and with your companies? What is the end goal here? You know, the end goal, and I already have that. So I always tell people, don't start a journey until you already know what the end goal is. So the end goal is to be able to help as many people as possible, both inside and out, at any one given time. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but one of the biggest things when I first started my journey is like I was doing personal training. I was doing one-on-one So that's great. I love the one-on-one. I love that personal feel and like really getting to know someone. It's intimate. It's an experience you can't get otherwise. Yeah. But it's like, I love that. But how can I help two people? How can I help four people? How can I help 10 people? How can I help a hundred people, a million people? Like that's the goal for Rejoice, for Phonetics, for everything I'm doing right now is really, you know, being able to be a resource for people that want to be better. And on a larger scale. Yeah. On a much larger scale. Yeah. Mm. And what, what does your mom and dad say? You know what? I, again, going to my upbringing, I don't talk to them much. No. And it's not something, and a lot of people are like, oh, like, I can't believe you can't talk to your family, this, that, and the other. But it's not one of those things I wanted to do. It was one of those, if people have ever been brought up kind of how I was, they, they understand. I understand. Yeah, they're I like, get it. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Just keep a safe distance. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's not that I don't love them. I love them to death and I would do anything for them. But it was one of those things to where... Like I said, you have to surround yourself with the people that keep moving you forward. And it was one of those things to where it's like, and no fault to them, but you know, you're on a different path. We're on a very different path. And that's okay because they understand that. And I understand that. And we're still there. Like if my dad called, text me right now, Hey, what do you need? What's going on? How are you? Great. Great. And then I'm going to go right back to my path. Uh A lot of people let their history, their past or, you know, any negativity or toxicity in their life, pull them down. I don't let that happen. I'm going to keep going. Hey, you're along this ride for these few days, these few months, these few weeks. Great. I'm going to keep moving. You can stay on this train Mm -hmm. or you can jump off. Yeah. And you can jump back on any time. But the train's moving. The train's moving. It never slows down. And I'm on it. (laughs) (laughs) So identify for those listening, what are their negative 
derailments or negativity tried to derail you? What could have stopped you at different points along your path? Was was there anything that you're like, man, this, this really could be the end. Yeah. And I can tell you this too. Like, like I said, people always look at the success and where I am and they, you know, they look at what's going on online and the snapshots of my life, but people don't see those struggles. And like, even growing up, I grew up in South side of Chicago, terrible, terrible areas. Like, you know, you go to sleep in ambulance and guns going off and, on, and that's normal. You don't think anything of it, but I'll never forget growing up. People were always like, this is your environment. This is who you are. This is who you will always be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh no, like why? But then a lot of people growing up didn't, they didn't understand like, what, wait, what do you mean? You don't want to be a part of us. Like you don't want to hang out with us. You don't want to drink. You don't want to be a part of a gang. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Were you rejected by like, oh like are you the white boy I or was. like, oh. you know, did you, you got that too? Ooh, like you wouldn't believe because yeah. I'm mixed and believe it or not, both of my parents are black, but my great grandma's Irish. So yeah. I took on her traits, uh-huh. which I love it. Growing up in Latino families or friends, they would be like, you're turning white. Correct. You're, you're white like, washed. yeah. Or, oh, or gosh. you're different. Yep. You're not part of us. Yep. You don't belong here anymore. Yeah. I'm like, you're that. right. Yeah, you're right. I don't want to belong <laughs> here anymore. But I think that's a hard, it's a very hard concept for people to understand if they didn't grow up like that. Yeah. Cause even now I try to explain it to people. Cause people are like, Oh yeah. Ron, like you fit in fine here. And I go, I don't, you think I do because I assimilate. Mm-hmm. I have to even change who I am now. So people accept me and it's crazy. Like growing up, I was too light to be black and too dark to be white. Yeah. That's what I tell people. And people are like, wait, what are you talking about? I go, I got racism from both sides. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't matter. And it was, people were just like, well, you're different. Okay, cool. I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. But everyone else did. And, and you have blue eyes. Correct. It doesn't help. It doesn't, <laughs> nothing. It, I was, it's, I'm sure it helps now, Ryan. It does now. <laughs> 30 some odd years later, it helps a lot. But like growing up like that, like all through my youth and childhood and you know, I'd have teachers been like, you're not going to amount to anything. Like, why would you say that? Yeah. Like, you're you're my teacher. That? Oh, oh my gosh. I can't tell you. You want to talk about derailments all the time. So was this education in the city of CPS or yeah. what? Oh yeah. And in Chicago, even when I came out to the suburbs, cause it was weird because when I was in Chicago, I was the light kid in the black schools. And when I came out to the suburbs, I was the black kid in the white schools. Yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh, like, is this how it always is going to be? It goes both ways. It does. It goes both ways. But you know what? The thing with me is no matter what people thought about me then, I was like, this train's still going. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like people would hate on me. People would want to fight. Hey, you want to fight? Cool. Like if that's going to make you feel better about your day, we can do this. It's a bad idea, but we can do that <laughs> if you want. And then people would be like, wait, wait you don't. Like, you don't want, no, I don't want animosity. I don't, you may not like me, but you probably don't even know why you don't. Yeah. But then it's like, people would be like, um, okay, you're kind of weird. So I'm just going to leave you alone. <laughs> okay, cool. But it's one of those things, the train keeps going. And when it comes to derailments, every step of the way, and I, I can tell if I was going to give anyone advice on being an entrepreneur, or owning your own business or going for what you believe in, it will be the hardest decision you ever make. And it will be the hardest journey you'll ever take but it will be worth it because it's your journey. Mm-hmm. You're not living someone else's dream. It's your dream. And then like for me, I've owned businesses for almost 10 years now. And now people are now seeing all my success. And now they're saying, oh, I have a nice car and I have all these businesses and I'm employing all these people. But people don't see the last 10 years. Like I had to give up everything. Like a lot of people don't know I'm divorced. I didn't know that. Yeah, I see. Because no one knows. No one really knew. I didn't even know you were married. Yeah, I was. <laughs> well, no one really knew because like that train kept going. 
So a lot of people are like, oh yeah, Ron's busy. Okay, Ron's busy. Okay, he's doing this. He's doing that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But I never like brought my personal life into it because people don't want that. I want that. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> but that's the thing. I have two amazing kids. You have two kids? I do. I didn't know that. Yeah, two boys. They'll be eight and three this year. Wow. It's crazy. Do you love it? I love it. I love my kids. I mean. Right. Do you love them? <laughs> I know some parents are like, oh, I love oh, them right today. now. <laughs> yeah, of course we love our kids. I absolutely. But, you know, parenthood comes with its struggles too, just like anything else. And I love the kids to death. And it's it's good that they can see this too. They can see everything going on. I get them involved in everything that I can because I want them to see like their dad worked to this. It's not like this. Nothing I have was handed to me. Yeah. Like I have to work for everything, but I want them to see that. Because it's like, I want to instill in them like, hey, you have to work for the things you want, but it's worth it, you know, because I, I didn't believe in that. I don't believe in divorce. I'm a Christian. Like, I don't believe in divorce. Like you just like everything I do. Hey, you find a way, find a way. But there was like there was a point where there was no way I could keep going like that because it was it was tearing me apart. Yeah, where I was losing my identity and I was losing who I am. And people were like, well, Ron, like, what's going on? Like, you don't you're not like the same, like happy person. Like, I'm nothing bothers me. But like all oh, that, really, it was like whatever Just she wanted. Just different vision. Yeah, not even that. Like she didn't support what I was doing mm-hmm. at all, which made it very hard because it's like, like you, I said, that train's been going my whole life, and it was like she was the one person that knew how to derail it. Yeah, and she would intentionally <gasps> just be like, "You picked the right one who oh, could have derailed everything." Correct. And that, then I was like, there was a point where I'm like, this can't happen anymore. I go, it can't. Like nothing in my life has ever, nothing has ever derailed me. I can't let this other person do that. It was also the same time I started all my businesses. So you talk about life changing, right? You, I go from, you know, working for other companies full time to like, all right, I'm going to give all that up, start my own businesses. And then that happens. That happens. And it's just like, wow. Yeah. What made you pull the trigger? Yeah. Well, it, it's like I was kind of saying before, like, I, you know, I'm the conductor of that train. That train's always going to keep going. And there was a point in my life to where other people are like, well, Ron, what's going on? You don't seem like the same person. And everything I've been through in my life, I've never not been me. I'm always a happy, no matter what's going on. I'm always the happy guy. I'll drop anything to help you. I'll do anything. But there was a point where my ex was the only person that could derail that train. Like nothing ever in my life has ever stopped that train from going. And there was a point to where I was like, I don't even know who I am anymore. What was it? Was it just constant arguing and bickering? Was it not believing in your ability to carry on? Was it wanting you to give more attention to the marriage versus building a business? Yeah. So it's interesting. And I can really tell you in in one thing what it was. And it was, it felt like I was reliving my past. It felt like I went back 20 years to when I was that kid and people were like, oh, you're never going to amount to anything. And I'm Mm. just like, but it was just day after day. And it, it wasn't that, you know, cause a lot of people are like, Oh, you were probably too busy. You couldn't like give to your marriage. Like, Oh, I gave everything I gave. Cause I'm that guy. Like I give everything to anything I do. Mm-hmm. I would never do something. And be like, yeah, I'm just going to have to do it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. And you don't believe in exactly. divorce. I don't believe in divorce. So that it was the hardest decision I ever made. Yeah. But like I said, it was like, she just knew how to derail that train and it just, it happened. And I'm like, all right, it's fine. I'll get back on track. And it happened. And it was getting harder to get back on track. And it was to the point where I'm like, if I don't do something, it's going to derail everything. Mm-hmm. Everything I've worked for my whole life. When you say back on track, do you mean like getting your mind in a space where you're thinking about your business, where you're thinking about growth? 
Were you constantly in a survival mechanism? Yeah, it was kind of that to where like, I, this is how I best explain it. I'd go out in the world and people everywhere I'd go like, hey, they're, they're supporting what I'm doing. And like you always have people that are going to criticize you. And I love that. It actually only helps me do better. But it was one of those things to where no matter what anyone or anything would do, that train would never derail. But it'd be like being at work every day and loving what you do and seeing your friends and doing that. And then you come home and all that's pulled from you mm. and all your energy is gone. And like no matter what you're doing, it was never good enough. And there was a point to where it's like, I'm good enough for me, but I can't be good enough for you. That's a problem. That's a problem. How did you have that conversation with her? What, like what, how did you guys yeah. decide to go on with the divorce? I mean, it was kind of one of the hardest conversations to have, but it was one I was having for years up to that point mm-hmm. to where I'm like, I'm that guy to where it's like, I don't argue. I don't yell like, Hey, I want to hear everything you have to say. I want to understand how you feel and what you're saying and like your perspective on life. Cause it's different than mine. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to bring mine in, but it was never about mine. And I was eventually just like, I had to change who I was, which I used to do in the past to assimilate. And I, I felt like I had to change who I was to be in my own house. Mm. And I was like, something's wrong. Something's off. Other people are thinking something's off. There's a problem. And for me, if there's a problem, I'm solution oriented. I'm not that guy that's like, hey, like you're the problem. I go, hey, maybe it's something I'm doing. Like maybe I'm not giving enough. So I tried more. I tried harder for years, harder, harder. We had kids, kept trying harder. And it was eventually the point where like, I literally can give nothing else. Yeah. And that's, that, that's when that, I guess that the last little, you know, the last straw was to where it's like, I literally as a person can't give anything else without breaking. But then it still, there was still more that was needed. And I was like, I can't. But then it was like a year like that. And I'm like, I just can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it anymore. And it's, it's not you. It's just, it's this. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So then I, I just like, I, I have to go. I don't want to, but I have you, to. You have for to. my sanity, for our kids, for for everything I've done up to that point, it would have derailed everything. Wow. And I was like, I can't do that. I can't do that to you. I can't do it to the kids. I can't do it to myself more than anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. How did your kids take it? Uh, that was hard. That was really hard for the, because I've always been a big part of their lives. And like, I'm that... Like some parents are parents and some parents are like involved parents. I, I get, it's hard to explain. It's really hard to explain, but some parents, they have kids and there's like, Hey, these are my kids. But I'm like, I'm involved in everything they do. Like, I want to be that guy. Cause I didn't have that. I didn't have that. A kid, my dad wasn't there. My mom was so busy working on, we never saw them. So it's like, I will never be that parent. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even that we, we made it so that it was like a big adjustment change for them. Even after I made the decision, I stayed for a while. I stayed for probably six months and I was like, hey, like this is happening, but like I'm still going to be there for them. So they didn't know the difference at first. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it was like, hey, like, you know, I'm just going to have this other place and you can come over there. And it was like it was a transition. Yeah. But then even what happened afterwards is there was a point where my ex came to my house and was like, hey, like maybe we can still make this work. And I was like, there's absolutely no way on earth. And it was one of those decisions that I said that before, you know, when it comes to success, you have to put yourself first and not just in business and all that, like just in life and being the person you want to be. It was a point towards like, I can't be who I want to be with you. And after saying that, it was like, yeah, it, like that hurt. Like that just hurt me. I'm like, <laughs> but it, it wasn't one of those things. It was one of the things I had to come to grips with and I had to let her know. But after that, it was like we had we had to cut ties. 
immediately after that. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, and I tell people like divorce is hard, but it's one of those things like if you have to do it for you, do it. Yeah. You have to do it for you, your sanity, your kids, whatever. Do it because it could be the best decision you ever made. Because even at that point, when I let her know that it all became about her again. And I was like, this is why this is happening. This is why. This is why it's happening to where I'm over here hurting and we're getting divorced and you're still trying to take from me. I go, you don't get it. And I go, that's okay. Someone else will. (laughs) Yeah. How did you process this at the time? Did you feel like a failure? Did you feel like I see you as such an achiever, right? And someone who's able to put the negativity aside and not get derailed. And here's you're facing the reality of, I don't even want to say a failed marriage. I want to see, um, you know, unsuccessful. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, maybe it, it took you to the place you needed to be to grow. Correct. And that's, I always look at silver linings and everything, you know, and it was one of those things to where, like I said, success is about putting yourself first, but I was so involved in everything going on that I wasn't doing that either. I wasn't putting myself first. She wasn't putting me first. No one was putting me first. And who's going to do it? Correct. So on this huge totem pole of life, and I have a million things going on, I was the last thing on, at the totem pole, the last thing. And I was a pro athlete. I was competing all over the world, but I had no satisfaction out of doing it. Like, so, so many people saw like, hey, you're this big time bodybuilder now and you're hosting expos and you're doing all this. I had no joy out of it. None. But it wasn't because I wasn't happy doing it. It's because the person I was with wasn't happy that I was doing it. So, so you weren't able to relish in the joy. Not at all. So I would just do and just keep doing and keep doing and keep doing. And just like, and people are like, man, like, let's go celebrate. And I'm like, celebrate what? Yeah. Nothing happened. But that wasn't me. That was her mindset being put on me. Got it. Yeah. And so. then when you got out of it, right, you said six months later yep. and you realized, nah. Yeah. Like, no, this is. <laughs> yeah. How did you feel afterwards? Right. You're, you're moving on. You have your, yep. your kids and you're still focused. Yep. It was honestly, it's still, even after making the decision and having, you know, my kids and like getting my train back on track, it was one of the hardest things to do still, because I think no matter what you do, people will always second guess. Like, is there something else I could have done? You know, like, should I have tried harder? Should I have given this up? Should I have not gone after my dream and done what they wanted? No, no. And it was really the realization to where, like, I did the right thing for me. Mm. Because at the end of the day, no one's going to put you first but you. And this is one of my biggest things I talk to when I do motivational talks to people. It's like, it doesn't matter who you're with. It doesn't matter who your family is. It doesn't matter who your friends are. People will come and go. And I don't mean that in, like, a malicious way or in a negative way. Love and love fully when you can, but be smart about how much you love mm-hmm. because sometimes you're giving your heart to someone and all they want to do is take it away from you. And you don't realize that until it's too late. Mm-hmm. And now you're engaged. Not, or not yet. yet. <laughs> I thought you guys are engaged. Oh, don't worry. People have been asking about that one a lot lately, but yeah. So now, and this, here's a silver lining to, you know, the whole divorce story is, even during that time of our divorce and all of that, one of my best friends, Anna, one of my best friends, I call her my right hand. I tell everyone she's my right hand. Shout out, Anna. Hey, shout <laughs> out to Anna. <laughs> but she, it was funny because she was going through her own relationship troubles with her fiance and I was with mine. And it was just, it was funny to where when you make the right decisions and if people believe in God or life or spirituality, whatever it is, I do believe in God the universe will put you back on a track that you didn't even know you were supposed to be on. So I may have been on this track and this is my success and this is where I was going, but that divorce and life 
pushed me on an even better track than I even thought I was going to be on. And I would have never seen that track if that, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought I explained to people. Like the divorce wasn't a bad thing. Opening the businesses wasn't a bad thing. All of that had to happen for me to be where I am today. I would have never met Anna otherwise. I would have never opened all these businesses otherwise. And it's amazing the motivation you get when you see that silver lining. Mm. And, like, and like you were saying, like, how did you feel after the divorce and all of that? It was the most demoralizing I ever felt in my life. But it wasn't until I realized, you know what? All that's going on and I still, I'm going to get back on track. I'm going to keep this train going. That there's like this other little path that just opened up that I would never have saw otherwise. Mm-hmm. And it was all that bad that brought on all this good. How long did it take to get through that like funk? I'd probably say it was a lot faster than you think. And the reason I say that is one, because of Anna, because she she has a mindset to where she'll me and her are very similar in our, our models, our methodologies, our ethics, everything to where it's like I was helping her get through what she was going through and she was helping me get through what I was going through. And like everything just clicked, like everything with us clicked, everything with the businesses started clicking, everything with our friends started clicking. And I'd say, let's say three months, I'd say three months is mm-hmm. what it took because I was going through a lot. She was going through a lot. Everyone around me, all my friends, I'm at that age where like people are getting married, people are getting divorced, people are having kids. So there's like so much in life going on all while running four businesses, competing on a pro level. Like there's just, there was so much in life going on at the time to where it's like, I had to like stop for a second and just be like, what do I want? Am I going in the direction I want to go in? Yeah. And it was that, it was honestly that realization to where it's like, this is what I want to do. I feel, and it was just like, I felt like I was myself again. And I was like, this is a good thing. This is great. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, correct. I fell back. My friends were like, hey, like, where you been? Like, what's going on? I'm like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Let's get this going. So, and do your kids see the difference? Notice yeah, They it? never noticed. No. I, one of my things as a parent, I never, they never knew anything was going on, no matter what. So you were a superhero dad to them. Correct. Like even my son now, Nino, my oldest, he's like, I don't even, he's like, how do you do all this? And I would have to say like the best advice, I didn't see my dad much growing up. I still don't. The best advice he ever gave me, because I would ask him like, how do you do everything you do? The only thing he said is I do because I have to. Mm. And I didn't understand that until I had kids, until I went through a divorce, until I started on my own businesses. Like, and then people ask me the same question mm-hmm. and I have the same answer. I do it because I have to. It's not because I have to in a bad way. It's because I have to because that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. Having to do something is one thing, but getting to do something is completely different. Mm. I get to be successful. I get to employ people. I get to make a difference in hundreds of thousands of people's lives. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do. Do you find making those um, small word changes, mm-hmm. it makes a big difference. Huge it's powerful, difference. right? From I want to versus I get to. Correct. And that's right? one of the things I use, like when I do talks with people, I go, it, it's funny. It's like some people are like, oh, I have to get up. Like, okay, tell me about your day. Let me learn about you. I'm really big on learning about other people. And a lot of people are like, you know, I have to do this. I have to do this. I make this list. I have this for my kids. And I go, do you ever think about what you get to do versus what you have to do? Well, yeah, I get to do things like everyone gets to do things. I go, no, no, no. But what if you didn't have the ability to get to do those things? Like, what if you couldn't do the things you want to with your kids or you couldn't have that husband or you couldn't have the nice house or the nice car? Well, they're like, well, that'd be awful. I go, you don't have to have those things. 
you get to have those things. Mm-hmm. And just thinking about it like that, it's like, oh yeah, you're right. Like, yeah. What a, what a, a privilege life is every single right. day. And I think that's for a lot of people, like growing up with nothing, like everything I get is a privilege to me. And no matter how hard I work, I still remember my roots. I still tell people I mop my way into being a CEO because I was even in my gym yesterday cleaning for an hour and they're mopping, sweeping, vacuuming. And people are like, why are you doing this still? Hire someone to do this. No, I always want to remember where I came from. No matter how successful I get, it was that mindset of growing up with nothing that got me here. Mm-hmm. And I never want to forget that. Mm. You mentioned that COVID brought a lot of adjustments and yeah. a lot of maybe even setbacks, right? Wanting mm-hmm. to open your restaurant in March versus November. I know. Talk about some of those pivots and the mentality that you had to push through yep. even the pandemic. Yeah. And I think COVID was hard for everyone. And I think everyone kind of, it affected everyone differently. I know some people that made millions during COVID and I know some people that lost everything. Mm-hmm. S- same people, same social status, doesn't matter. And, you know, so many people have different views on it. Like, oh, it's a good thing. It's a bad thing. Like, oh, you have to do the vaccine. You don't have to do the vaccine. I stay 100% out of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My biggest thing is I tell people you have to do what's best for you. And I support that. If you want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. If you don't, don't get it. If you have antibodies, great. You have to do what's best for you because it's your life. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like no one else can make that decision for you. And so for me in the businesses and life and everything with COVID, like it, I think, and you may be able to attest to this too, because it's been almost a year and a month, yeah. it'll be about a year. I don't think anyone saw it coming. No, no. I mean, we look back at it now. It's like a year ago from today, you would have never thought something like this could happen. Mm-mm. What takeaways did you, like now we're in 2021, we yep. see the light at the end of the tunnel, yep. right? Uh, we're still here. We made it. Yep. And probably both better for it, right? Yeah, correct. What are some takeaways when you look back and tell people about the year of COVID or pandemic, what sticks with you? You know, one of the things I tell a lot of people is it's people's perseverance, I would say, or their determination or their strong will was tested last year. So for a lot of people, I know so many people that are so successful or people that aren't, that are just starting out or people that were like, you know, it was the hardest year I ever went through, but you all made it through it. That's one of the best things. It's like you made it through it. Yes, there are a ton of people that were unfortunate and they didn't. But like we're still here. We can keep this going. You you can't stop living just because there's a pandemic going on. And I think last year people's will was tested. Like, who are you really Mm -hmm. right now? Like, this may never happen ever again in your life. I think for a lot of people, they realize that they weren't who they thought they were going to be or they weren't happy with where they were going. I think divorce was the biggest thing. It's probably one of the biggest things to do is outside of COVID-19 <laughs> last year. Because people were like, I, wait, who is this person I'm living with? Like, cause you're in the house <laughs> together now. You? Exactly, <laughs> you're like, okay, we've been married for 20 years now. Like, I don't actually know who you are. So I think like last year was the biggest test of most people's lives. And who you come out to be this year is who you really are. Mm-hmm. Cause some people could like, they broke down last year. No matter how successful you are, you lose everything. Then what? Do you start over or do you give up? Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, that's like I said, I always look at a silver lining. COVID's a terrible thing, but I think it helps strengthen people's morals. It helps strengthen their ethics. It helps strengthen. Hey, like if I want to really do this, I have to do what I have to do now to make this happen. 
And some people were like, you know what? I don't want this anymore. But for me, when it comes to my business and everything I was doing, people were relying on me so much last year with COVID that I was like, I'm doing the right thing. And that, that for me, like I have so much energy right now and I can do so much more because of last year, because I know like, hey, I'm on the right track. I am helping people. People are noticing a difference. I have an impact, which for me is still hard to believe growing up where people were like, yeah, you're going to amount to nothing. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I'll show you. Yeah, exactly. And it was one of those things I could have just accepted that or I can do what I'm doing now. And I think that's a big takeaway from last year is because you were tested last year. Everyone was tested last year. Where are you today? Mm-hmm. Are you a better person because of what happened last year or aren't you? Mm-hmm. And if you aren't, can you be? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What keeps you up at night now? Everything. <laughs> you seem so positive, right? You seem always, always. There always is things, and it's it's one of those things. There's there's always that negativity around, but I I don't let it get to me, and I, it's so hard because like we first opened the restaurant, and it wasn't what we wanted it to be, and I'll, and the people that have been following our journey know that because I was like, hey, like we're just getting this little thing out there just so we can get you guys what you want, and a lot of people are like, well, this isn't what you said it was going to be. But again, it was those people that were like, hey, like, this isn't going to be what we thought it was. Like, we don't want to be a part of it. And I'm like, no, it's going to be there. You just have to follow that train with us. Yeah. So the people don't realize that. People are like, well, like, it's not this and it's not this. People forgot about COVID like that. Mm -hmm. And people don't realize, like, the struggles we went through. We built out a whole facility. Like, we had to shut everything down. I had to fire all my staff. Like, people don't care about any of that. How is that? And that was probably very difficult. It was very difficult. The week we were going to open having to tell all our staff and all our contractors and all our vendors, everyone like, nope, like yeah. we're done until we don't even know when. Did you apply for the small business loan? We did get the PPP loan and all that. So I made sure that went out to everyone. Some business owners like kept all that. I paid all of our staff everything I physically could. But yeah, I mean, it, it was hard. It yeah. was hard, but it's, it's the thing with like, you know, with that, with the, the restaurant, like, I'm keeping that train going because now, like with our new fine dining model that's coming out, people are like, oh, my gosh, this is this is what we expected. Yeah. And I keep telling people this is what was Wait. coming. But it's it's one of those things where it's like even like the, the negativities and things that are going on now. And we get them more now than ever, believe it or not, because the more success you have, the more people want to come after you. And I cannot tell. It's a daily thing. Really? Yeah. Who oh comes, my, who comes oh after you, Ron? Where are they at? Let me tell Who are you. you? <laughs> and social media. I know we were talking about that too. Social media is the worst thing on the planet. Oh my oh. God. I got some hate on YouTube. Oh yeah. Some, See? Exactly. Some, like, this is like an empowering podcast. What do you have a problem with Correct. this for? But one of the things that I think it's funny in a way that social media has empowered people with a keyboard to yeah. say whatever they want to say. And there's no repercussions for it. So like I said, the more success I have, there's so much more negativity but it's one of those things to where it's like, that's good because you're looking. That mm. means you're watching. That means you're talking. That means you're getting the word out about what we're doing. If you're like, oh, I don't like it. I can't stand Ron. At least someone else heard about me. Now they're going to look into me. I'm like, <laughs> you may like not like Ron, but I like what he's doing. I like Ron. <laughs> so you can hate on me. I love it. It only helps me do better. So then going back to your question, like what keeps me up at night? It's keeping that train going. How can I get it going a little bit faster? How can I get more people on the train? Again, like I want to help people. I'm not these businesses. And I tell my staff, like, I don't open these businesses for me. I go, I open them for you. And then it's weird because my staff are like, what are you talking about? Like, no one does that. And I go, 
that's why we're going to do it though. Mm-hmm. Like you don't like the restaurant industry because you're used to how it's run. Yeah. So we're going to run it differently. We're going to make business better. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. Make business better. And it's a food you know, restaurant yeah. and the restrictions now mm-hmm. and com- being in compliance with COVID, I'm sure you had to put a new strategy, new game plan together. Oh, yeah. What has that brought? I mean, are you guys great on that front now? You're. Yeah. I think one of the, I know it's going to sound kind of weird. One of the best things about not opening right away when we did is that we had six months to make sure everything was done properly so that we could open and then comply with all those restrictions. So I felt bad for the businesses, the restaurants that were already open because they they didn't have a choice. Like you already have an established business running this way. Now you have to run it this way. Yeah. Like that's a hard transition. But for us, it was like, hey, we didn't open. We have, you know, we didn't know how long we had. So like, hey, these are the restrictions. We can transition into this. And then it was just open and it was just normal for us. We didn't know any different. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Who are the three pivotal people in your life? Right. When you think about, and the reason why I asked this question is because I remember um, I was at North Central and when I got pregnant, I didn't know what I was going to do. I thought I was going to drop out uh, because I needed to work. I needed approval from Lori Heyman, who was a vice president at North Central. I call her up and I'm like, Lori, I need to talk. And I go to her office and she was available. She, She made time for me and and uh, I'm bawling. I'm like, I need to drop out of school. I'm pregnant. And, you know, this is my plan. And she's like, you're not going to do that. She's like, you see this kid? And she shows me a picture and it's on her desk. And he's a grown man. And she's like, that's my son. Mm-hmm. She's like, and I got pregnant when I was in school. Mm-hmm. And I didn't quit and neither will you. Mm-hmm. And that's so fair. I consider her like one of those. And she taught me like, we can do this. Yeah, I can get through this mm-hmm. and become a vice president of a university yeah. and a, a lawyer. She went to law school too. Wow. I'm like, okay, you opened my eyes to a, a world that I didn't know I could achieve and excel in. Yeah. So I would consider her a pivotal person. Yeah. Who would be those for you? That's a good question. One that stands out right away is Walter Johnson. And he was actually at North Central. Ah, uh, yeah. He was one of the guys that got me to North Central. He, which, he came to our premiere, yeah. um, the speaking I thing. I know. So it's weird that he pops up now that you said that because he was not only pivotal at North Central, but he was also the vice president of the YMCA that I worked at. Really? While I was at North Central. Yeah. Wow. And, and then I worked there full time right after I was at North Central. And it was funny because I wanted to be a doctor, believe it or not. So I was going to go do med school, become, I always thought I wanted to be a doctor because I wanted to help people. And it was funny. I'll never forget his office was across from mine. And then I remember one day going in his office and I was like, so I think I'm going to go to med school now. And I'm going to stop working at the YMCA. He's like, close my door. And I was like, oh gosh, like, all right, let me, let me have it. He's like, I think it's the best decision you ever made. Really? Yeah. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah. He's like, if you can do better do better. It's like, you don't have to stay in any job. It's like, even though the YMCA, it's a great company. Amazing. I've supported them and always been a part of it. But he's like, if you can do better for you and other people, if that's what you want to do, do that. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, okay. Okay. Is that it? Cool. Like, I was waiting on like a <laughs> lecture or something. It was weird, but it was like, he was one of those people that was pivotal into me being like, it's okay for me to want something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So many people my whole life are like, Hey, you're not going to mount anything. And like, Oh, you're doing this now, but it's going to fail. Don't worry. And he was that guy's like, no, if no. you can do it, do it. Yeah. If this is what you want, yeah. do it. Yeah. So I, him for sure. Uh, the other two, I don't really know. I got it. I'll get back to you. on this. <laughs> <laughs> but what is, You know, his son, David Johnson was on the podcast last season. Yeah. I did yeah, see that. He's yeah. doing great too. Yeah. It's good. That's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. 
What about a, an act of kindness? Is there anything in your life that you're like, man, this was really intentional and yeah. someone didn't have to do this and it changed me or affected me? You know, and I know I sound like a broken record, but that Anna was that person in my life at my, my lowest point in life. She's like my best, she's my best friend, literally my best friend at my lowest point in her lowest point in our lives. I would say, at least from what I saw, she would still give anything to help me. And I was just like, like I was trying to help her. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, what can I do for you? I'm like, no, you need help too. Like, it's not just me. <laughs> We're both struggling We're both here. struggling here pretty bad. And she's like, no, what can I do? Like, what can I do? Can I help you at the gym? Can I help you here? Can I help you here? Like, what can I do to help you? And I'm like, I didn't know people were still like that. Mm-hmm. I thought I was the only, I mean, you know, everyone feels like they're the only one. Mm-hmm. And it's not true. Like, there's a million other people like you. But seeing that and experiencing that, I think is very rare. Yeah. Because I literally will give anything for someone. But I've never had someone do that for me, ever. And I, I remember the moment, and a lot of people don't know this. I remember the moment I was sleeping on the couch in my gym. And this is when I was going through the divorce and all that. I didn't have another place to go, but I would just stay at the gym. People didn't know that. All the success. And I'm sleeping on the couch in my gym. No one knew that. And Anna would be like, what do you need? You can't just stay here. Like, should we just like go out and like walk? Should we just whatever you want to do? And I was just like, you literally are seeing me at my lowest. And you are the nicest person I've ever met. People have seen me at my highest and they're not as nice as you are to me right now. And I was like, for me, I was like, if you can see me at my lowest and you're so happy and we're still friends and we're still laughing and you're at your lowest point too, I need you in my life. I need someone like that in my life because I've never had it. So, yeah. Wow. It's crazy. crazy. Man, it's a crazy wild ride. Yeah. But I feel like you're in for the ride. Always. Right? train never stops. And then you got the right person along. Correct. So it's like these trains are like, we're moving even faster now. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in five years? That's a very good question. I know. And it's, that's probably one of the hardest questions to answer because if you asked me five years ago where I would be You're right like, now, I don't, it yeah. would not be this. And there's no way on earth I ever thought that. And I think that's the excitement of life. That's the most fun part about it is not being able to answer that question. I know where that train's going, but I don't know if I'm going to be the only one on that train anymore. Mm-hmm. I have other people now, like there's these, all these other trains and we're all moving together. Like I have so many people helping me to make this vision a reality now. Like I don't even... I don't know what it can can do. I don't know what it can turn into. Yeah, the sky's the limit. It is. And like, I know we were just talking to like even Instagram, like, who am I? Who am I? And people are like, I have 150,000 followers today. And I'm like, people actually care. As weird as it sounds. It's, it's a new concept for me. It's a new mm-hmm. concept. I don't think it's fully hit me yet. But it's one of those things where it's like, I have all these people I'm impacting every day now. We have a positive message going out. I have all these people helping me to get this train going. Where's it going to go? I have no idea, but I can't wait. I yeah. can't wait to find out. Same. <laughs> so where's your location in Naperville? Uh, so the Naperville one, we're looking downtown Naperville. We're not disclosing information yet because everyone's trying to get it out of me. Okay. <laughs> so that was not open yet, but we're looking at downtown Naperville by North Central, by the way. Ironic, right? Ironic. Life is like that. It's a circle. It does. Life circle does, of life. It does happen. And I know it's weird, but it happens more often than you think. And then you're going to get all the college students coming in I too. Know. Yeah. And then pretty soon you're going to meet the the new young Ron. Yeah. 
<laughs> coming in, maybe feeling like it doesn't fit in and he wants some food. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> and that'll be great. If I can help that new rod or whoever it is, like that, it'll make everything I do worth it. Man, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, thanks. Like, I'm so happy for you and I wish you the best. Thank and you. And I just want to see you grow and continue to, to do what you're doing. You too. I love this. This is great. It gives us an outlet to like share our message with the world and hopefully this will help influence other people too. I believe that. I yeah. believe that. Well, thank you so much, Ron. I appreciate you and I appreciate you for uh, dealing with my dogs in the background. <laughs> That's okay. I love them. I got I to gotta figure out a new game plan here <laughs> when it's just me doing these podcasts. What do I do with the dogs? Yeah. How do I, they just want to be involved. I don't mind. Anyways, that. but thank you. I appreciate this. Yeah. Thank you for your time. All right. Thank you for listening to Tuesdays with Andrea. There are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and I appreciate you making the time to listen to mine. If you like this show and want to know more, check out TuesdaysWithAndrea.com or please leave a review on iTunes or drop a line in the YouTube comment section. Until next time, please stay kind in your mind, nice on the web, and stay hella hopeful in your heart.